Hey, hello everyone. Austin coming back at you with episode three of the Coffee Break Hems podcast. I was trying to get away from doing another kind of mechanical vent uh, episode, uh, but we had a case uh, come forward, actually two cases that uh, had to do with kind of a difficult to ventilate patient And I thought that it would be a really good concept to talk about on the podcast. So we're going to be uh, kind of talking about uh, delta pressure and static compliance uh, in regards to like alveolar recruitment and how to fix that hard to ventilate patient. So just as kind of an advisement, this is a semi-advanced topic when it comes to mechanical ventilation, uh, and this does not address any intro to vent management stuff. So uh, while we may do a couple episodes like that in the future, this is not that. So if you are not a ventilator person, at least in the most basic sense, then I would say pause this podcast and go watch Uh, my part one and part two of introduction to mechanical ventilation videos on YouTube um, on my Kaiser CPR channel. That's just K-I-S-E-R-C-P-R on YouTube. Uh, You can also just listen to parts one and two of Dominating the Vent by Scott Weingart, who, uh, I mean, made the two best uh, podcasts when it comes to ventilator management out there. All right, so you are on a call, you're either bagging a patient or mechanically ventilating somebody, and uh, you're kind of looking at them, you're like, man, they've got super crappy compliance. Uh, And that's indicated to you by like really high pressures, and you're having a hard time getting volumes in, and you know, maybe your your peak pressure alarm is going off, Uh, And so you're not wrong. That is some pretty crappy compliance. But how do we solve that problem, that hard-to-ventilate patient? And what we have to do in order to accomplish that is we have to answer the question, what is compliance in our patient? And after we figure out what compliance is, how do we manipulate it? How do we fix that problem? So let's look at this patient, our first little case right here. So we have a 32-year-old male, has an ideal body weight of 70 kilos, uh, was intubated and, and now has some sort of pneumonia. And so we've got him on a tidal volume of 490 uh, with a respiratory rate of 18, PEEP is 5, and an FiO2 of 40% with an eye time of 1 second. Uh, PIPs are coming back at 32, which, as any of you event management people know, uh, is a little on the high side for PIPs. We go ahead and do an inspiratory hold to see if we have any potential for lung injury, and we see that our plateau pressure comes back at 29 centimeters of water pressure. Uh, If you look at any of the ARDSNET stuff, we know that 29 means that the lung is at least uh, protected-ish, and so we're not going to be messing with that volume, or at least most people would not mess with those settings because the PPLAT is 29. Uh, And 
what I have, uh, or, or really the question that I have after looking at those settings, is does this patient have a compliance problem? And if you say yes, which I would say that that patient has a compliance problem, uh, right? You're you're not putting in humongous volumes, and yet you're the pressure that it takes in the alveoli in order to generate that volume is super high. So, uh, so really, it comes down to what is compliance, uh, and really, in the most basic sense, all compliance is is how easy it is for the lungs to fill with volume right so uh, how much pressure it takes essentially to uh, put a given volume into the lung equals compliance so if you have um, if you have a set volume and it takes a certain amount of pressure but then somehow the lung becomes more compliant and you can do that volume with less pressure then that lung became more compliant and we can think of it as uh, or we can really think of the lung in a very basic infantile sense we can think of the lung as a balloon right so if you take this balloon uh, and it's a really big balloon so you can put like a ton of volume in it when it's completely full it's got like eight liters of of air in it so this is one of those massive ones you'd buy at a grocery store or something and uh, when you originally start to fill this balloon <clears throat> no volume in it already so really there's no residual pressure in it there's no peep left in this balloon so it's really deflated when you start to blow in that balloon you'll blow it up to where it kind of stents open really quickly and then you've got to get that big force that big pressure to really start to expand that balloon and then all of a sudden you kind of reach your your time limit for being able to get air into that uh, you know you reach your your eye time or your one second and so it took a ton of pressure in order to get that volume in that you needed to get in in your one second right so if we were trying to put 500 milliliters in over a second it took a lot of pressure to get that 500 milliliters in over that second because that balloon was pretty well deflated and so that lung has crappy compliance uh, or that balloon had crappy compliance but if we put a little peep in there we we stent that balloon open a little bit now all of a sudden it becomes quite a bit easier to blow air in right if you can kind of stent that balloon open enough to where you don't have to do that initial like pop uh, then you can put that volume that 500 milliliters in um, pretty easily so it takes a lot less pressure so you have improved their compliance or improved that lung compliance there is kind of a peak number in there somewhere so there's like this perfect spot where you leave enough volume in the lung to where you have perfect recruitment you're going to have maximum recruitment of alveoli in the lung or maximum little recruitment of that balloon and still allows for that 500 milliliters to enter that balloon really easily so there is like a peak compliance or a peak recruitment in the lung and if you exceed that if you if you exceed that with peep you put too much pressure in that balloon or you leave too much pressure in that balloon then the next breath becomes harder which is why we see when people auto peep and they really start to stack um, air in their lungs uh, we can have big compliance problems because uh, their lung is too over recruited all right so 
really what we're talking about right now is we're talking about static compliance. And what static compliance is, is just the a measurement of the compliance of the lung at the peak of inspiration when there's no flow. So essentially during that inspiratory hold, you put the total tidal volume in the lung and then you hold it for about three seconds and a ventilator comes back and tells you exactly how compliant uh, your lung is at that time. And compliance is measured uh, in something called milliliters per centimeter of water pressure. And uh, when you hear that, it doesn't really make sense. But if you actually think about the components, it makes a lot of sense. So if I have, you know, let's say eight centimeters of water pressure of PEEP in my lung, if I add one centimeter of water pressure during the inspiratory phase, how many milliliters am I going to get? A normal amount for an adult a human being would be anywhere from 60 to 100 milliliters when we are intubated. So that means that if I have a certain amount of volume in my lung because I have eight of PEEP, and then during the inspiratory phase, I add one centimeter of water pressure, uh, I should get about six, somewhere between 60 to 100 milliliters. And so if I'm looking for a tidal volume of five or 600, then I'm probably only going to have to add, you know, maybe five to eight, maybe 10 centimeters of water pressure over my PEEP in order to attain the tidal volume that I'm looking for. However, we do have many patients that don't have normal compliance and, uh, and we need to do some stuff in order to fix that problem. So in order to truly understand how to get that number, that 60 to 100, we have to break down those kind of some key terms. So first of all, that 60 to 100, we're looking at our static compliance. And we get static compliance by looking at a couple things. We look at our tidal volume and then we look at a key term called driving pressure, which is also known as delta pressure. A uh, little shout out to my friend uh, Deb, who was talking about this the other day, if she's listening. Um, she was a big driving force uh, for this whole podcast talking about driving pressure. Uh, so how do we get driving pressure? All we're going to do is we're going to take their plateau pressure and minus their peep out of it. So Driving pressure is the total amount of pressure in the circuit during an inspiratory hold, and then you take away your PEEP. Uh, and so if we have a plateau pressure of 18, let's say, so we're getting PIPs of 22 or 23, we perform an eye hold and we get a plateau pressure of 18, and we currently had a PEEP set at 10. It's super easy. You take your plateau pressure minus your PEEP, so 18 minus 10 is 8. So your driving pressure or your delta pressure would be 8 in that circumstance. And so what that means is that at the end of expiration, we have our PEEP of 10, and then during the inspiratory phase, our alveoli are going to see an increase in pressure of 8 centimeters of water pressure uh, during that breath. And what static compliance means is that in that patient who we increased from 10 of PEEP up to that plateau pressure of 18 centimeters of water pressure during inspiration, how much volume were we able to get for every single increase 
in pressure, right? So for every single increase in one centimeter of water pressure. So that's all C-static is, is that you're going to take your tidal volume and divide it by your driving pressure. And so if we look at an example of somebody who has normal compliance, we look at that, um, that um, you know, 70 kilo patient and we're doing a tidal volume of, let's just say seven milliliters per kilogram of their ideal body weight. So we have a tidal volume of 490 milliliters and we do an inspiratory hold on that patient and we have a plateau pressure of 14 and we currently have a PEEP set at 8. That means that our driving pressure or our delta pressure is 6. 14 minus 8 is 6. So then we just take our 490 milliliter tidal volume, divide it by our delta pressure of 6, and then we get a C-static or a static compliance of 82 milliliters for every centimeter of water pressure increase or 82 milliliters per centimeter of water pressure. And so what that means is that at the end of expiration, we have eight of PEEP, and then for every single centimeter of water pressure that we increase during our inhalation phase, we are getting an additional 82 milliliters of volume and so once we get to our full six increase, we have now attained our entire tidal volume of 490 milliliters. And we know that 80 is right smack dab in the middle of that normal range for adults, which the normal range is 60 to 100. When you start to get into kind of a sucky lung, like that really bad pneumonia or that pseudo or full-blown ARDS patient, we'll start to see numbers like this. So we have that same patient who's now, uh, he had that pneumonia and he started to develop this, uh, this kind of pseudo ARDS. So this is, you know, days later, and we're still trying to put in that same tidal volume of 490 milliliters. But now in order to do that, um, our pips are like 36 and we go ahead and run an inspiratory hold and we see that our plateau pressure is 29 and we've got that peep of eight still. So this is actually the, the patient that we described right in the beginning of this uh, of this podcast. And so 29 minus eight is 21. A delta pressure of 21 is pretty darn high. We really want that to be like less than 18. Um, so now we have 490 milliliter tidal volume divided by your delta pressure of 21, and we get 23 milliliters per centimeter of water pressure, which is way down from the 82 that he was getting a few days ago, right? So, um, uh, a static compliance of 23 is really sucky. You're not getting a lot of bang for your buck when it comes to uh, when it comes to putting in pressure into that circuit anymore. And so there's a couple things that we can do to help that out. But before we do, we really have to think about like what is causing this reduction in static compliance. And so we have that balloon um, that uh, that we were blowing up earlier and now that balloon essentially is underwater right and so there's this big crushing force on the outside of this balloon that's trying to get it to collapse down and in your pneumonia and your ARDS patients that's because you're you've got like surfactant washout and you've got a bunch of you've just got increased surface tension um, that is wanting these alveoli to uh, to try and collapse down so it provides for a lot of really sucky compliance but if you overcome that that 
crushing force by increasing the peep, then you can oftentimes increase your static compliance. And so that's kind of been a recurring theme and most of you are probably starting to get it that if you want to improve your static compliance or if you want to uh, if you want to improve or optimize your compliance, which also is the same thing as if you want to improve and optimize your alveolar recruitment in your lung, then you need to increase the PEEP. And so we eventually get this patient increased to a PEEP of 14 and for up from eight. And what we find uh, is that because we've got that balloon to that actual perfect sweet spot, you know, even though a PEEP of eight, it was definitely stented open, but this particular balloon, um, that wasn't the sweet spot. There was still like this big pressure that you needed to overcome kind of right in the beginning to stent that thing open. And whereas a PEEP of 14 for this, this balloon or this lung, um, that was actually the optimal spot for it. And so our PIPs actually started to come down uh, when you got a PIP of 14, or excuse me, a PEEP of 14. Our PIP started to come down to like 31 and our plateau pressure came down to 27. And so now we have the delta pressure of 13, right? 27 minus 14 is 13. And so our delta pressure was 21 and now it's down to 13 and so now we have a new static compliance of the 490 milliliter tidal volume divided by the 13 delta pressure and now we have a new static compliance of 38 milliliters for every centimeter of water pressure that we add into the circuit uh, that's way different than the 23 that we had before. And that is a huge benefit for our patient. Not only did we get that delta pressure below 18, which is where we want it, um, but we also greatly improved their compliance by increasing the peep inside of the circuit. Now, don't uh, get me wrong. You can absolutely go too far with PEEP as well, right? You can uh, you can over-distend, over-recruit those alveoli, and then you'll start to see your plateau pressure climbing up with your PEEP. And at that point, you need to stop going up on your PEEP or even potentially go down. Um, but doing all of this math is all good and dandy. And the, re the only real reason that I'm doing this math is to just hopefully drive the point home. Um, but you don't have to do any of this math when you are actually treating a patient right? Because all these numbers are given to you. So when you perform an inspiratory hold on your ventilator, uh, you're going to get three things. You don't just get a plateau pressure, you get a static compliance and you get a delta pressure. And so all you really have to do when you do an inspiratory hold is you have to say, all right, my P-plat is less than 30. And then you look at your static compliance and you're like, huh, my static compliance is only 35. I'd probably like it to be a little higher than that if at all possible. And so I'm gonna to try to optimize my static compliance. And the way that we do that is by increasing PEEP. So the whole point of this uh, this power or the excuse me this podcast um, was because a lot of people get into this um, you know oxygenation equals PEEP and FiO2 and I absolutely do I absolutely am all about that camp as well. But PEEP is much more dynamic than just oxygenation. We have to understand that PEEP is that stenting of the balloon. So if we want the total pressure that needs to be in that circuit to go down, make it easier for the volume to get in there, then we need to stent that balloon open a little bit. So PEEP absolutely equals oxygenation, but PEEP also equals improved compliance. So how do we apply this to your practice? It's 
pretty easy. If you have a static compliance uh, after your inspiratory hold of 35 and you've currently got your peep set at 5, let's go up to a peep of 7. And then we're going to repeat an eye hold a few minutes later. And if your static compliance is now 55, you did something amazing for your patient, right? You made their lung happier because now you're making the air, the volume, get in there easier because you've improved that compliance. If I'm not necessarily advocating that you continue going up and up and up, but if then you increase to a peep of nine and your static compliance goes up to 60, then now you're even better. Um, at some point, you will absolutely um, go too far, right? And then you'd have to back down. And so I'm not a um, I'm not a chase the numbers kind of person, but just understand that this concept, you know, if you are treating a patient and you can't really figure out why it's taking so much pressure to get that volume in, think about the fact that your static compliance is probably pretty low, and you probably need to go up on your PEEP. I absolutely am, am not going to try to optimize recruitment on every single patient and increase the PEEP until my static compliance starts to go down. That is not what I'm saying at all. All I'm saying is that if you have that hard to ventilate patient and you've gone through your dope pneumonic and you cannot figure out a reason why you'd be having these high pressures, there's no mucus plug, there's no dislodgement, um, there's no type of tension pneumo or anything, and you're just like, man, why can I not get this volume in under 30 or 40 centimeters of water pressure? Now, thinking about the hips, thinking about the, the positive pressure is totally fine, but if you're not bringing your peep up with it, then you're really missing the boat. Um, so just because your end tidal CO2 is 38 and your SATs are 95, if your peep is 5 and your plateau pressure is 24, it's probably not good, right? You need to bring that peep along with it. Your plateau pressure minus your peep or your driving pressure should ideally be less than 18. There's been lots of documentation from ARDSNET and from several other studies that showed a uh, an increase in mortality for uh, patients whose driving pressure is greater than 18 during their course. So we really do want to bring that peep with the inspiratory pressure. So what about kids, right? Compliance is a lot less in children than it is in adults because they have less surfactant, they have higher surface tensions. Um, uh, a lot of their hormonal or hormones actually will contribute to a, um, a lower production of surfactant, especially in our neonatal population. So if you're looking at a static compliance uh, for like a four-month-old, right, you're not going to get 60 to 100 because that doesn't make any sense because a four-month-old has an ideal body weight of like six kilos. And so uh, so we're looking for tidal volume somewhere between like 30 to 48 milliliters. And so we can't get up to 60 to 100 unless we like uh, being, you know, fired. And so a static compliance in children is going to be much less in, in children than it is in adults. So like the normal C-stat for a four-month-old is like five to 10 milliliters uh, per uh, for every centimeter of water pressure. For a seven-year-old, it goes up to like 30 to 40 milliliters for every centimeter of water pressure. And there is a calculation to figure out what the normal C-static is for every age group, but it's really not important for our practice to know exactly what the static compliance is for every um, age group. But what it is important to realize is just like, hey, we're getting high pressures on the inspiratory side. 
let's look at our peep to make sure we're optimizing recruitment. When you're doing some sort of um, when you're doing some sort of pressure ventilation and you can't check an inspiratory hold, you can still appreciate uh, this this kind of topic in action. All you have to do is you've got to look at the um, uh, you've got to look at your peep if your pressure control is pretty high and your volumes aren't exactly where you want them to be because uh, because you're kind of limited by pressure think about the fact that if you improve your peep that means that you're going to improve your compliance and if you improve your compliance your pressure control or your positive pressure during the inspiratory phase is going to get you a bigger volume. So if you are in a pressure controlled mode of ventilation, if you increase your PEEP and your tidal volume goes up, then you have improved their static compliance. If your volume goes down, then that means that you've already fully recruited that lung and now you're starting to inhibit that little balloon's ability to fill because it's already so full. So they're all over distended. So we're gonna go back down on that peep. But um, if you're looking at high pressure problems on a kiddo, don't just think about the positive side, think about the peep side as well. Uh, all right guys, so if, uh, hopefully that didn't sound like the ramblings of a madman. Um, if you are interested in looking at any of the source material for this, of which there were many, uh, many sources we looked at for this, they'll be all in the show notes below. Uh, and um, if you like this episode, don't forget to uh, tell a friend about it. We would love to see our audience continue to grow uh, week after week. And I will see you guys next time.